Welcome, Bird Gang. We've reached the end of the week, which means only one thing. It's a football Friday. On today's show, not since 2015 have the Cardinals started a season 3-0. That's what's at stake on Sunday. So what needs to happen? What do the Cardinals need to do to remain undefeated and, more importantly, avoid the proverbial trap game? The answer's straight ahead. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 472, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. You've heard that saying before, right, MJ? I have. And the Cardinals right now, I think... We want to know, have they learned from their own history? That's what we want to find out this week. This team in the exact same position 2-0 a year ago, and they lost to a less talented team in Detroit. Here they are again, 2-0, playing a less talented team in Jacksonville. I will say this, though. It seems like they have uh, great leadership in the locker room, and they were given the game last week by a missed field goal. Yes, they did play better in the second half, but Ultimately, they came down to the Vikings missing the field goal. So if that didn't get their attention, I don't know what will. And I want to see much more from the defense, uh, especially when it comes to the run. We'll get into some of the details here. But they learned a lesson, hopefully, you know, the way the season ended. And when they got off to a 2-0 start, beating the 49ers on the road, come home and beat the Washington football team. They should have won the Detroit game. They didn't. And then they went to Carolina and just thought they had to step on the field. And Teddy Bridgewater beat them. So you've hoped they learned a lesson. But – it wasn't like they had a walk in the park last week. They got back to basics in practice, you know, staying in your gaps, gap discipline, you know, doing your job. So we'll see if it works. But, uh, you know, on paper, Cardinals should win this game. But we know it's the NFL, and they say any given Sunday. So I'm going to go with that until they uh, get the W. And everyone said the exact same thing this week with respects to that as far as trap game with the Rams looming in week four. I liked what Christian Kirk had to say. He mentioned that they've got a motto in the wide receivers room, don't take the cheese. In other words, don't buy any of the hype or rankings or whatever positives that people are saying about us right now, end quote. And the Any Given Sunday is something that Humphreys, DJ Humphreys brought up as well on Friday, and he's exactly right. If you think, in his words, you're hot stuff, you get whooped. And it happens. It happens every year. There's always a game that you look, either it's your own team or a team you follow, or it's, 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 it's a game that... You're looking at the scores and you see, like, you're scratching, like, how did that team lose to that team? You just don't want the Cardinals in week three to be that team in which people are scratching their head and going, how do you beat the Titans on the road? How do you beat the Vikings, regardless of how it happened? It's a win. And then travel, yes, clear across country to Jacksonville to play a Jaguars team that is winless. How do you lose that game? For me, MJ, I, 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 I totally understand it, but from an outsider's perspective, I never put on a uniform. There is zero, I'm going to repeat, zero excuse for this Cardinals team to lose on Sunday. And I don't think the fan base realizes how difficult it is in the NFL to win three in a row. 
and it's worse when you lose three in a row. I mean, it usually, in this case, they had to go on the road twice out of the first three games. Uh, normally, if you win, you have two of your first three at home, maybe you know you can get off to a good start, but it is difficult. And yes, they are playing Jacksonville, and just like we said, based on what happened with Tennessee with COVID and guys not playing in the preseason, maybe the Cardinals are catching the, the, the Jaguars at a good time. Because i got to think by week six, seven, and eight, as long as they can keep Trevor Lawrence upright, they're going to be a better football team. Things are going to start to slow down. Urban Meyer is going to get a more adjustment to the game. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, on, you know, again, the game's not played on paper, and they need to go in there and be physical, uh, get after them. And if you get a lead, you know, step on the throat. And, that, and that's what good teams do uh, when maybe you didn't play your best game and we're still able to win. The first quarter, maybe even the first possession, first play of the game, as we've seen through the first two weeks at the Titans, Chandler Jones tackle for loss. Last week against the Vikings, Dalvin Cook plus 11 yards. That can't happen. We can't have a repeat of the first half from the Vikings game. So, all right, let's get into it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals looking to go 3-0. and They have not started a season 3-0 and since 2015. So that's what's on the table here. And also, depending on when this game might end on Sunday, perhaps to become the second team in the league this year to go 3-0 after the Carolina Panthers won on Thursday Night Football. So Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory, plus the always popular X-Factor, and we'll also get into some injury items as well. But for you, MJ, number one key for the Cardinals to beat the Jaguars on Sunday. Well, I want to go back to what they did against the Titans. And, and you know, Delvin Cook, and we talked about they were desperate and they didn't want to drop the 0-2 when they got to play the Seahawks and the Browns. So... My number one key is the front seven contain the Jags' running game and force them into be one-dimensional. Now, James Robinson, he put up big numbers last year. He's only had 16 carries for 72 yards, averaging four a pop. Trevor Lawrence has only ran three to, uh, for 19 yards. He's kind of in a... Uh, you know, he's kind of in a box where they want him to, to check the ball down and then they want him to run. Now they've thrown the ball 84 times compared to 32 rushes. So to me, um, and, and Urban Meyer maintained this week, they would like to be 50-50. But when you're trailing behind, that's going to be the case. So, you know, Lawrence has, uh, you know, he's had four touchdowns and five interceptions in two games. He was 14-32. So to me, put the onus on the quarterback, but you have to stop the run game. And last week, we know that they weren't disciplined enough up front. Yes, in the second half, they made changes, but I don't think you want to see this team hang around. You and defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, very similar in your thinking because, well, for Coach Joseph, it's every week is stop the run, but he was adamant on Thursday when he addressed the media that that is the focus, that is the emphasis this week. He was not pleased with how the defense came out in the first half against the Vikings and got run over. Things changed in the second half, and you hope that those adjustments or whatever was done don't need to be made this week, that you go into the game with the correct game plan and everyone knowing what their assignment is, what their role is, and then you're able to get this Jaguars offense one-dimensional. Yeah, and next week it could be the key is going to be stopping Aaron Donald or, or Jalen Ramsey. It could be you know getting Matthew Stafford off his spot because they do have a run game, but we know they're so prolific throwing the football. So it changes every week. 
at just going into the season, these are the first two games I thought really good running backs. And then, you know, obviously when you look at the situation with Robinson, he's very capable of, of you know, getting to the second layer, and they haven't done that yet. So, again, just you stay in your gaps. Everyone play as a group and try to force them on first and second down to a passing down on third down, and that's where they possibly could tee off at. Again, we can't expect Chandler Jones to get five sacks every game. That's not going to happen. Be realistic. If this team can get four or five sacks, I think that will go a long way. Got to be honest, I've not seen a lot of James Robinson just looking at some of the numbers, and it's very good. I mean, for a undrafted free agent a year ago to put up some numbers like he did and then coming into this game averaging four and a half yards a pop, it's his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Did not see that so much last week with Dalvin Cook, and obviously Derrick Henry is more run it between the tackles. But pay attention to where Robinson is because if you get too aggressive and you're out of your lanes, if you will, then all of a sudden Robinson might be able to slip out of the backfield and put up some nice numbers because he is that dual threat, if you will. And maybe amongst these three first running backs that the Cardinals have faced, the one that is that dual threat. Yeah. So that's what I think, again, the front seven contain the Jags running game and forcing them to be one-dimensional. Now, number two for me is the Cardinals' rushing attack needs to be on point if they want to utilize the play action against the Jags' front seven. Now, the Jags held the Texans to 3.24 yards per carry in week one. They held Denver's running backs to 3.65. So they done a really good job keeping you know, maybe Denver into passing situations. We'll get into some of the numbers what Teddy Bridgewater was able to do, but that's pretty stout. And, you know, their defensive coordinator, he used to be in Baltimore, so I'm sure they're trying to find a way to shut Kyler Murray down or at least put a spy on him. So, to me, I think Miles Jack, number 44, will draw that assignment. Listening to Urban Meyer, they play on Thursday against Cincinnati, so he doesn't know how much time they're going to be able to focus on that. Uh, Miles uh, Jack has nine tackles, one tackle for loss, zero quarterback hits. Um, but he seems like he's the guy in the middle there, so they could try to put a spy. But I think the Cardinals need to be on point um, when it comes to running the football, and then it will utilize the play action, and I think that's where Kyler Murray can attack that secondary. Would love to see Chase Edmonds or James Conner really have a solid game on Sunday. We've seen them both have their moments through the first two games. It's been more about the passing attack, but you look at what this team has been able to do running the football over four yards a carry, and Edmonds at five and a half yards every time he touches the football. I'd love to be able to see this team establish the run early in the game. It goes a little bit against what they typically do. You throw early, get a lead, and then you can run out the clock as they did in week one. But let's see what Chase Edmonds is made of. Can he get that 15-20 carry game and then run it like he wants to and get a little bit of a lather to where he's better as the game goes on. Yeah, and it, you know, you know, you look at James Conner 3 3.3, you know, he carried the ball 13 times in that fourth quarter against the Titans. So, you know, he, maybe his average per carry may not be high, but when it comes to short yardage situation, he has the ability to break to the second layer and you got probably utilize him if you're somewhere on the red zone even though you know, Cliff went a little trickery with uh, Lucky Foe too, and, and JJ Watt, and, and Murray just walked into the end zone. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, I like the one-two punch, and then the wild card is Kyle Murray, and we know that he can run, and uh, whether it's a design run or just trying to get out of traffic, and 
you know, a lot of it's going to have to do with Hopkins being on the field, and we think he's both. Both of us think he's going to play. AJ Green to me is still learning the offense, but he's capable of stretching the field. And then all of a sudden, you got the two inside guys. So I, I like the Cardinals' offense as a whole, but I just want them to see be a little bit more consistent across the board. You are always quick to bring up Kyler when it comes to the run game, and it, it's fair because I'll not that I forget, but you look at the running back position and you kind of forget that. Oh yeah, by the way, you also have a third running back in that backfield, really, because Kyler Murray can make you pay. Although I'll say this, he's only carried the ball ten times, five in each game. I'm a big fan of those low numbers because he's running when he has to or in the case of the design run that scored the touchdown against the Vikings, when he sees something or the offense sees something that they can exploit defensively. But if this Jaguars team tries to you know, do their best to cover everyone as far as the weapons are concerned, there might be some openings for Kyler Murray to get some yards. Maybe not just any yards, but some chunk yards with his feet. Yeah, well, if you go back to the um, the, the Titans game in the fourth quarter, I mean, James Conner had 13 of those carries. If they were trailing or it was a tight game, maybe Murray gets some more runs. You pointed out correctly that he had three negated runs. I want to say 12, 15, and maybe 18. So that those numbers would go up. Last game, he had to do a little bit of both, but in the fourth quarter when they had that big lead, he wasn't going to run. That's probably a smart decision on the coaching staff. Yeah, just well, we like to see Kyler Murray turn the hand the ball off, whether that's under center or out of the shotgun. He's got two very capable running backs with Edmonds and Connor. Quick, as we bring up this run game, let's touch on some of these injuries that we do need to pay attention to. One is right tackle Calvin Beecham. Now, he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He was on the field on Friday. Kingsbury says he's a game-day decision. And really, when you're dealing with a rib injury, and according to DJ Humphreys, it's a fractured rib or fractured ribs, and Beecham really toughed it out last week against the Vikings and then had to tap out at halftime, and we saw Justin Murray play the balance of the game. So it seems to me, MJ, when you're talking about a rib injury, and again, don't know you know how many broken ribs or what exactly it is just based off what Humphreys had to say on Friday probably more of a pain tolerance than anything else and I've never had a rib injury but just from hearing people it's not so much that you can't run or move around it it, it hurts to breathe and that becomes once again going back to the pain tolerance how much can you handle and when you're an offensive lineman and you're you're pushing and and you're having someone push you back in your chest, literally, in the ribcage, that can be very difficult. So props to Beecham for hanging in as much as you can, but it is something to pay attention to if the Cardinals have to switch and go with Justin Murray at right tackle. Yeah, and we've seen Brian Winters play. Uh, we've seen Justin Murray play. Uh, Max Garcia hasn't really gotten out there. We've seen a couple extra uh, tight ends at times. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's something else they can put on, on the rib. Um you know, clearly the jersey's so tight because they don't want the defensive players to, to grab the jersey. You know, it's a pain tolerance thing. You know, I don't know if guys take medicine. I mean, I'm assuming if uh, he feels like he can go, then we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, they're a better team when he's out there just based on experience, the chemistry he has. You know, now at, at right guard with Josh Jones, they pretty much were there the entire training camp. So we'll just have to wait and see. But, I, I mean, I think all hands on deck – if he can't play all four quarters, I do give him credit uh, for obviously trying to go out there and do it 
and, and at some point they may have to say, let's just shut them down, but I don't think they're at that point right now. All right, and the other injury that you referenced, DeAndre Hopkins, he too dealing with rib injuries. He was not spotted on the practice field at all this week. For me, not a concern. I'll go on record saying I'd be more surprised, stunned, if number 10 was not in uniform versus if he was in uniform. Last year, we got very familiar with DeAndre Hopkins taking Wednesday off as far as a Veterans Day or just something that he does because he knows his body. And I believe there was at least one week he did not practice at all. And I don't remember what the week was, one, and or what the injury was, two, but he always shows up on game day. He is always available on Sunday. That's your best ability, availability. So I do think DeAndre Hopkins plays this week. Kingsbury, again, called him a game day decision. Wouldn't deviate anything more than that. And we, you said what A.J. Green had to say as far as D-Hop don't miss games. So I'm not expecting D-Hop to miss a game. Yeah, and, and you know, this is a long flight. They're leaving on a Friday afternoon. So if it was more of like an ankle injury or, you know, maybe something that can swell up, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much the ribs would be able to swell up versus, you know, if you have like a, a a growing injury to where you really can't move, he should be able to walk and all that other stuff. So, um, again, I'm, I'm not concerned with the flight, and he'll probably go out there and work out. But uh, you know, tomorrow likely have a walkthrough, and you know he knows that he knows the game plan, and they'll, they'll obviously feed him stuff that he needs to know before going in the game. But I anticipate him being out there. This guy. You know, he's one of the best players in the league. He's only missed two games in his career, and one was only for injury. So I'm, I'm with you on that. And listen, the Cardinals got three tough games coming up after this, but they got to win this one first. All right. If it is a big if, but let's play the what if game here for a moment here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. If Hopkins is unavailable, if he is deemed inactive 90 minutes before kickoff. You got A.J. Green, you got Christian Kirk, you got Rondell Moore. What do you do with those pieces? And then obviously you're going to need someone else active or available. Remember, Antoine Wesley is available. He was activated off the reserve COVID-19 list this week. He is available, and you look at the depth chart, he is Hopkins's backup. The less pieces you can move around, perhaps the better. Is it simply Wesley becomes that one wide receiver on the left, A.J. Green on the right, and then everything just settles into place? Or do you elevate Green to the left side because that's, quote-unquote, the number one wide receiver, and then perhaps maybe Christian Kirk back outside? He's been very good, MJ, though, playing inside. Again, a lot of moving parts if that's the decision the Cardinals choose to go. There's one option, and then there's a second option. Well, you didn't mention Andy Isabella. Now, I mean, if they go heavy at wide receiver, if they dress six, then clearly there's some concern that Hop can't finish. But usually you dress five, and Wesley, he's just coming back. I mean, I, he, you know, we know the, how much you know Andy Isabella missed those two preseason games. But, I mean, Isabella does have the speed. He obviously is not the same route runner as Hop. And maybe you can move A.J. Green a lot, around a little bit. But, you know, that's maybe where they go more 12 personnel. You know, try to get big and run the football and utilize the play action, try to get the tight ends involved. But uh, I just have to wait and see, I guess, if they make a roster move. But, you know, we'll see if they dress five or six. But I, I would think Isabella's the guy just based on he can play on the outside and he can take the top off. He can move around. 
I'm not moving Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. Just let those guys settle in their spots because I think we see the upside. So you'd slide either Isabella to the left side or the right side as an outside wide receiver and keep more. And I like that. Keep more Kirk where they're successful, where we've seen them be successful so far, even though Kirk has the ability to do both. I'm sure Rondell Moore has the ability to do both. In fact, we've seen these guys line up in different spots, left side, right side, inside, outside. So they're interchangeable to a certain extent, but where are you most successful? Where are you more talented? Where do you have the matchups that's to your to your advantage? And I do think the less you can change, the better this offense will be. Yeah, and along those lines, I mean, we know that Kirk, you know, is playing his natural position, but sometimes it's going to be based on the formation, you know, the coverage, and, you know, I'm sure he can slide out in a pinch. But the idea thing is just to kind of keep those guys where they are because now they're on film and teams have to defend them. Now, if, you know, if he moves around, that may be even more difficult. But the whole key here is if Hopkins plays, everything will be settled with the wide receiver position. And I like your note about the tight end. Maybe utilize them more. Maybe Demetrius Harris, who is that big target and almost looks like a tall wide receiver who has the ability to block. So, and, and Max is coming off a great game, and maybe they're going to defend him a little bit different. You know, Kyler's made it a, a you know a priority to try to get better from eleven to nineteen yards. Yes, we like the splash plays, but sometimes you got to just grind it out if you don't have your number one wide receiver. All right, so just again, it's it's a big if, Bird Gang, not expecting it, but it's worth discussing here as we do on a football Friday. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, didn't mean to get sidetracked there, but let's go back. Three keys for victory. Number one, front seven against the Jaguars, run and just getting pressure on, one, the running back, and then getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. and then Making him one-dimensional. Exactly. Key number two, the Cardinals' run game. All right, so that's one and two. What's number three? Well, and the reason why I mentioned the run game is just how well they played against, uh, you know, and Denver's got some backs. I mean, Denver's got a lot of speed on the outside. The other one would be I want to get pressure on on Lawrence. Now, when you look at it last week, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, they kind of struggled. Um, You know, maybe Chubb wasn't in there for every down, but, you know, last week I thought the Vikings, which they weren't known for their offensive line, I think, you know, I, I want to see more from J.J. Watt. I know it's only a couple games, and I don't really pay attention to, to the, the pro football focus because, you know, when you're in the 50s and all that, I, my eyes tell me he's still making plays. But I want to see more impact plays. Now, again, it's only the third game. But if he's not getting doubles team as much and, you know, teams are going to double Chandler, somebody else has come up and make a play. It could be Buda Baker. It could be Isaiah Simmons. It could be Zavin Collins. So I just feel like, you know, with the young quarterback and still kind of finding his way around, make him uncomfortable. But we we need other guys to step up besides Chandler Jones because if they want to double, that means somebody else is free. So, and Zach Allen, you know, he I thought you know, maybe he didn't fill up the stat sheet in week one, but he did play well last week. I thought he got pushed back a little bit. Um, maybe it was just he was in the wrong uh, area in the gap. So, I, I mean, again, you rely on your five-star players, but I like to see somebody else make some impact plays to like what they had in week one and not just the normal Chandler Jones and, and Buda Baker. Have somebody – I want to see more from J.J. Watt. Seven sacks for the Cardinals' defense. Five, though, belong to Chandler Jones. Marcus Golden has the other. Michael Dogby has one as well. What Chandler Jones did in week one was phenomenal. We don't expect him to repeat that, but we do expect him to get a six sack 
a seven sack. We we expect him to get those sacks into double digits and maybe upper double digits. But to your point about everyone else and J.J. Watt, is you, if you're going to concentrate on 55 and 99, that's fine. Then someone else has to step up. Given that opportunity, can they get to the quarterback? Can they get to the into the backfield and really make things miserable for the Jaguars offensively? And again, it doesn't have to be like five splash plays. I mean, Corey Peters, uh, the way he looks, and he looks a lot uh, slimmer than he was a year ago. And and Lucky only played three snaps, and I got to think he may play more just because they're going to try to run the ball. And then you got Richard Lawrence, who they're really excited about. So. I just want to see other guys get their hand in a pile, just because if they're going to double certain players, that frees everyone else up. And and I think, you know, Vance will come up with a good game plan to create pressure to get him off his spot. But he'd like to see these guys win one-on-one matchups where they don't have to blitz as much. Quoting Marcus Golden from earlier in the week, sometimes it's about pressure, getting them off their spot, making sure he ain't just sitting back there throwing through a clear path. End quote. As far as being disruptive without getting the benefit of a sack. Yeah, we all focus on the sack, but it's the quarterback hits, it's the pressures, the knockdowns, the hurries, everything else that sometimes doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And then you kind of get into the metrics and after the fact, how well did the Cardinals defense get after that particular week's quarterback? And I do think you will see Vance Joseph dial it up and show a number of different looks because you have a quarterback who has only seen two defenses so far in two games. Now, what does what else can you show him? Because I'm sure as much film as you watch, it's much different when you get out on the football field and all of a sudden things are happening a lot quicker and you're in the face of it because it's live immediate in front of you. Yeah, and the two quarterbacks they faced in, in week one and two, these are veteran guys. You know, we always talk about Ryan Tannehill underrated and the Cardinals did a great job, you know, putting him in third and long. And then we knew Kirk Cousins can throw the ball and he, you know, obviously three uh, first uh, half touchdowns. So you're not getting the same experience there. You're getting a guy that's still trying to find his oats. So again, I think it's a good time the Cardinals are catching the uh, Jags. And I just, I, you know, I, you referenced that the Jaguars offensive line did a very good job against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb last week, but can they do it again? Because this is an offensive line that a year ago was one of the worst. They allowed 44 sacks, and all five starters are back this season. Left tackle Cam Robinson, left guard Andrew Norwell, center Brandon Linder, Linder right guard A.J. Can, and right tackle Jawan Taylor. Now, Linder is dealing with a back injury, can a hamstring issue, so they are less than 100% just three weeks into this regular season. And that's a disappointing thing for me is they really didn't address the offensive line. Now, I want to say two of those guys are coming off of injury from a year ago, and they really didn't get a whole lot of playing time in the preseason. So, you know, when you draft the quarterback first overall and then you draft Travis and ETN in the late first round, I mean, that's where you start building it. But we all know this game is one of the trenches. And if, if Trevor Lawrence is ever going to be successful, they have to address the – now, Norwell was one of the best guards in football a couple of years ago. Um, again, he's not as good as maybe he was in Carolina. Um, Cam Robinson, he's got all the talent in the world there. It's just a matter of – but they didn't get a chance to play together. Um, as much as they need it, and two of those guys. So I'm surprised, and they could have drafted a lineman. I think you mentioned one the other day, um, but he's not ready to play right now. So you, that's probably something they're going to have to try to invest in, whether it's loading up in free agency. But that you can't do that right now. Yeah, they drafted Walker Little in the second round, although he's currently on the reserve 
COVID-19 yeah. list, so not available. And right tackle Jawan Taylor last year allowed more pressures than any other offensive tackle. And to your point, did they do enough to address it? I don't think so, at least on paper. Although, again, you look at last week, they held up very well and, and, and you know, a lot better than they did week one. Well, and, and, and the thing is interesting is that must it tells me because – their uh, Broncos secondary is really good. I mean, besides their pass rushers, I mean, their secondary, Justin Simmons and, and the guys they have back there, this is what Fangio wants. He did the same thing in Chicago when he was the D.C. there. So, you know, it's a matter of is Lawrence getting rid of the ball quicker? They want him to check it down more. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of feast or famine with him. They want him to run more. He only ran three times for 19 yards, and Isaiah said he can run. He's a big he's a big body I you know, it's just he's got to pick his spots. But yeah, I just, I these, I just want to see other guys step up. And again, it's not doesn't have to be huge splash plays. You know, do your part. And it could be different guys on different downs. Obviously, you're relying on your best players, and hopefully, you know, they they can get that across the board because I I, I believe they know that they put some bad tape out last week and they want to improve. You mentioned Lawrence and his ability to run. Simmons did call, or he felt he considered Trevor Lawrence a dual threats quarterback. I, I don't know if I would go that far. I, I I need to see a little bit more. I mean, yeah, he's he's all legs out there sometimes, and I just don't know how how his mobility, how his quickness, which was very good in college, stacks up in the NFL. Because case in point, Kyler Murray thought he was very good as far as a an elusive quarterback his first two years, and he realized very quickly those defensive ends – those outside linebackers, they can chase you down. Yeah, I, I would think, you know, because of his size, I don't know if he would try to slide in the midfield because that's a big body. I would think that he's going to try to get out of bounds, buy some time, and just try to get out of bounds. Now, if he is in the open field, then now a DB is going to have to try to tackle him. And, again, you don't want him to put himself in harm's way. It's a little bit different. Murray can get out of traffic. Murray can get out of a phone booth, okay? So I would think if he's going to run, it's going to be to the sidelines where it's a high percentage play, instead of uh, you know taking the sack or, you know I, I would think they want him to check it down first, and if that's not there, then obviously just run out of bounds. But I don't think he's going to run in the middle of the field. I could be wrong. They could call a draw for someone and just right up because everyone's so focused on the outside and the running game. So you never know. But I I wouldn't think that he he's going to run like Lamar Jackson, even Patrick Mahomes, or even Kyler Murray. Yeah, don't be surprised. You're not expecting it, but as a defense, you have to be prepared for if it. If they over-pursue, that's going to play right into their hand like a draw play because they know they're coming, and it could be the running back. I don't think it would be the quarterback because, again, I don't think he wants to run in the middle of the field. All right, Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory. One, make the Jaguars' offense one-dimensional. Shut the run game down. Number, Contain it. Number two, Cardinals' rushing game. And number three, pressure on Trevor Lawrence, which leads me to this, MJ, because you get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't have as much time in the pocket. You're not asking your corners in that secondary to cover as much, which brings us to the other aspect of the injury report, and that is Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson both dealing with ankle injuries, both considered game-day decisions in the words of Cliff Kingsbury, although he added about Murphy, quote, 
I feel good about him, end quote. So that's that's very good news because he is your number one corner. Marco Wilson has been out on the practice field as well, limited on Thursday. So I do like where they're at. And then there was this item, and Kingsbury asked about Robert Alford, how he's looked through two games. And Kingsbury, I think, very honest that Alford is still trying to catch up to the speed of the game. Still playing well, a physical corner, the coverage skills are there, but it's two years off of game action on a Sunday, and I think things will begin to slow down for him or he'll catch up to the speed. Maybe that's this week, or maybe it's something that happens you know, slowly through the first month of the regular season. But if you can get some pressure on Lawrence, then all of a sudden you're not asking offer to do as much or Wilson or Murphy especially considering their ankle injuries yeah and you look at Antonio Hamilton I I, I would think that you know he's you're gonna have to have four corners up uh, depending on if you know Wilson he was practicing uh, Byron Murphy was out there on Friday so that looks good on paper but you know um, I do think they'll have four corners in this game and I think Hamilton will be the fourth now maybe if they feel like they got to protect themselves it could be somebody else but uh you know, uh, Barco is still on the roster, correct? Sure. He's, he's been inactive the last couple of games. They didn't protect Rasul Douglas. He's got some experience. So they have more information than we do. So I anticipate they'll start, uh, they'll dress four corners. And then the, the the wild card there would be Isaiah Simmons. He can play a little bit in the slot. And, you know, sometimes you want your safeties to cover the tight end. But we know he can do both of that. Yeah, Antonio Hamilton, I would expect him to be elevated from the practice squad once again. You do have Tay Gowan and Luke Barku, but I just don't know if those guys are ready just yet. And it's a good mention by you, Isaiah Simmons. His ability to cover wide receivers in the slot and also cover the tight end. Maybe Zayvon Collins as well. We know his athleticism versus some of these Jaguar skill makers. Maybe, maybe some more snaps for Collins in the, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, in a different role, but just the that ability to adjust if needed, depending on how the game plays out, especially if uh, a Murphy or Wilson tweak that ankle, and especially you know traveling across country. Right, it's a lot of time in the air on Friday, and then you got to walk through on Saturday, and then game day on Sunday. So some different options for Vance Joseph to work with. Yeah, and you know usually teams kind of dread uh, going to. Florida in the month of September just because of the humidity and the heat and you see guys cramp more in week one or two so I I, I checked uh, the weather shouldn't be as warm as it was in Tennessee Cardinals will be wearing their red jerseys of course every time you go to Florida they make you wear your dark colors but they are wearing the red jerseys so again I don't think the weather will be a factor and, and when it comes to cramping and all that this team is in really good shape they they run from drill to drill in practice um, you can see how fast they are on the field of course it's a long year and We'll see how they look in the month of December, but for the most part, I don't. I don't think the the, the you know the humidity is going to be a factor for them. All right. So weather not a factor, but what is your X factor here in Week Three? X factors: Kyler Murray against the Jaguars secondary, based on Teddy Bridgewater going twenty six of thirty six, three hundred and twenty eight yards, two touchdowns. He had a fifty five yard touchdown. His quarterback rating one twenty five point six. So they may not have been able to run the football, but Bridgewater was very efficient. And again, he had two touchdowns and his quarterback rating, 26-36. And the fact is that they were able to throw the ball down the field on that secondary, and that may coincide where they can't get pressure on the quarterback, even though you know they do a really good job stopping the run. And as we documented on Thursday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai Proud, partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 
teams are attacking this Jaguars defense deep, and that bodes well for Kyler Murray. Here's the stat once again. Kyler, 5 of 6. This is last week. 5 of 6 on attempts beyond 20 yards for 181 yards and two touchdowns. So very successful last week. And this Cardinals team, very good as far as the deep shots are concerned. Already through two games, 11 pass plays of 20 or more yards. So it is an area in which I think offensively this Cardinals team can exploit. Yeah, and it's all predicated, as we said, they got to be able to run the football. And just based on the two opponents, they, they haven't, teams have an average over four yards of carry. So I, I just think... You know, if they can protect Murray and let him do his thing and you have all your top wide receivers and your running backs in there, I, I, I believe the Cardinals will put some points on the board. And some Jaguars injury news, and it's in that secondary. Cornerback C.J. Henderson and cornerback Trey Herndon questionable for this week. Henderson dealing with a groin injury and Herndon a knee. In fact, Herndon missed the first two games because he was dealing with the knee issue and Henderson, someone that there was a lot of expected on the former first-round draft pick in 2020, but he's only played in 10 of 18 games, and there's a, a sense in Jacksonville that you know there's you know when you're a first-round draft pick, there's an expectation not just to play but to play well, and I think that people are running out of patience, but they expect a little bit more out of C.J. Henderson, and so far it just hasn't happened, and that's mainly because of his lack of ability, not lack of availability, not ability, lack of availability. Yeah, I, I, I they made some trades in, in, in the uh, in training camp, and there was people that thought maybe they could, they would trade him, but you know, Trent Belkey's got to make that decision because he's the one that drafted him. He's been the general manager when Doug Marone was there, so yeah, it's not ideal, um, but at the same time, though, you got to be on the field, and, and that's the beauty when you're drafted that high and you get that nice fat check. Um, they need you, and there's a reason why they felt he was worthy of drafting where he, where he was. Now, their the best cornerback is Shaquille Griffin, and so he is still out there, but it's hard to be just one guy, especially against this Cardinals offense. Yeah, I mean, again, it's all going to come down to – you know, Miles Jack is—is is he there? Like, is he going to be there? Eric Kendricks, where he's making tackles all over the field again. He doesn't have a ton of tackles, so he may drop in back in the coverage. But yeah, I just feel like this team with full arsenal, and uh, you know, if they can protect Murray like any other game, um, and then you run the ball, set up the play action, I think the Cardinals can put up points. So again, to recap quickly here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, MJ's three keys for a victory, make the Jaguars one-dimensional, make Trevor Lawrence throw the football. Number two, the Cardinals run game, and number three, back to Trevor Lawrence, get pressure on that Jaguars rookie quarterback and make him make mistakes. Let him throw that football. He does have more interceptions than touchdowns. And the X-Factor, Kyler Murray against that Jaguars secondary. I like how it sets up, MJ. Again, I'll, I'll repeat myself earlier in the show in case you missed it or, or thought I was misquoted, uh, if you will, or, or, or maybe a little bit off my rocker. But there are zero excuses. Zero. Not weather, not travel, not start time. Not injuries, nothing. Zero excuses for the Cardinals to come away with a victory this week. Now, intangible, I don't think it's going to come down to this, but you know, Josh Lambeau, he's 0 for 3 this year. He's missed a 48 yard and a 52 yard, and a second quarter misses against Denver, and they really can't get points away. So if this, uh, if the Cardinals need to kick some long field goals, I, I trust Matt Prater. I prefer them to get better uh, in the red zone so they don't have to rely on it. But 
I don't think it's going to come down to that, but I know that if they're if he gets a couple fifty yarders, then you know they're getting points, and so I. But I I just don't think that's it's going to come down to that. But their kicker is struggling right now, and uh, you know, the fact that he's zero for three, he missed two in the last game. I want to say the fifty eight and fifty two. So I don't think it's going to come down to that, but I like our chances with Matt Prater if it, if it happens to be you know kicking field goals instead of getting touchdowns. And Lambeau's been darn near automatic the four seasons prior for the Jaguars. It's just something has happened here this season, and there are people questioning Urban Meyer's decision to stick with Josh Lambeau at the moment, but. Missing from 40 to 49 once, and then two misses from beyond 50 yards. So really, they're not doing him any favors, yet it is something that you, if you're the Jaguars, you don't want it to become consistent. But I'm hoping that we don't see Matt Prater kick any field goals, that (laughs) the only time he's on the field, extra points, kickoffs. Yeah, I know. I I could have picked someone else, you know, I could have, hey, Buda Baker, he's going to be the intangible. I I just know that Buda's going to show up and play, so I, again, um, I don't think it's going to come down to that, but I trust Matt Prater to where last year going into week three they lost because they couldn't kick a field goal. So we're not going to have that issue if that has to be the case. I don't believe that's going to be the case, though. All right, so the Cardinals in Jacksonville on Sunday again. 10 a.m. is the kickoff, 5.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Before we head on out of here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, let's look at how the rest of the NFC West sets up here in Week 3. There are seven undefeated teams remaining, and three are in this division, Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers. Now, the Seahawks, let's touch on them for a moment. They're the other team that is on the road this week in the NFC West. They play at Minnesota. Seahawks coming off a home loss to the Titans, 33-30, and it was not an anomaly, Bird Gang. The Cardinals, what they did to Derrick Henry, yes, believe it, because Derrick Henry last week against the Seahawks, 182 rushing yards and three touchdowns. So as much as we are appreciative of the Titans, we are now rooting for the Vikings let them get their first win, and at home, their home opener after two straight on the road. So Vikings and Seahawks is the other road game in the NFC West. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is going to last night, there were seven unbeaten teams and two from the AFC, Broncos and Raiders, and then you had five from the NFC, of course, the Panthers, the Buccaneers, and three are in the West, and that would be the Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers. So, yeah, I guess we're rooting for the Bucks. And then we're rooting for the uh, the Packers. And then I'm also rooting for the Vikings. So, again, and the Cardinals do play the Rams next week. We'll obviously focus on a division game, a road game. Three out of the first four on the road. It would be very impressive if they come back here with a win and then try to tee it up with the Rams next week. So we're rooting for the opponents uh, playing the NFC West. Yeah, the 49ers at the Packers on Sunday Night Football. The Rams host the Buccaneers, and that's going to be one of those games to watch and maybe the best game of the week as far as Week 3 is concerned. Although with the Rams, and something we'll, I'm sure, talk more about, running back Daryl Henderson suffered a rib cartilage injury injury last week, and you wonder just how healthy he'll be this week. But, yeah, Rams and Buccaneers, something to pay attention to uh, this week in the NFC West. Real quick, uh, and, and it just, this does affect the Cardinals' offensive line. The Cardinals have ruled out both offensive linemen Josh Miles and Brian Winters. Miles 
hurt his ankle in practice this week, and Winters is dealing with a personal issue, so neither one of those players will be available. So that now all of a sudden hurts the depth at the offensive line position, and you wonder if we might see someone get elevated from the practice squad if you're an offensive lineman. Sean Marlow, uh, or Sean, excuse me, Sean Harlow, one of the four players that the Cardinals protected this week is on the practice squad, one of those that can play guard. So he might be one of those that gets the call, tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, we need you this week. Um, I hope they can roll out five or six guys. I mean, clearly, you know, Justin Murray – um, and then you got, you know, uh, Max Garcia. I mean, you like to dress eight. Obviously, Winters was that guy in the equation, but we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, Harlow, to me, he struggled in the preseason, and um, that, to me, is just more for depth if somebody gets hurt. All right, I lied. I got one more thing for you, MJ, and I know you as a football guy, and I know how much you enjoyed Super Wild Card Weekend. There is a little bit of an adjustment this coming year. Yes, there'll still be six games, but the league earlier on Friday announced two games on Saturday, not three, three games on Sunday, and now a game on Monday night. I like it. I understand why they're doing it because it means more money in everyone's pockets. But I'll got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the weekend last year with three games on Saturday, three on Sunday. It was not burned out at all. Heck, it's what I do on Saturdays during college football. Games start at 9, then go until midnight. So I enjoyed Super Wild Card Weekend in 2020. I look forward to 2020, or excuse me, in 2021. I look forward in 2022, and hopefully the Cardinals are one of those teams playing in Super Wild Card Weekend. Well, Craig, I mean, just get the number one seed and just skip <laughs> Wild Card Weekend. I, I don't know if I like it, and, and it sounds like the Monday night game, you're probably going to end up playing the Sunday night late game. Yes. Because, I mean, usually the – Prep time. Yeah, usually if you played on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, normally they want to give you at least seven days off, but – I. I get it. I'll watch it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I won't watch it, but uh, that's how important that number one seed is, though. I mean, I, I know only one team gets it, and you get that first round by, and you're at home the entire playoffs. And I know that's far fetched right now, just based on the teams that possibly could be ahead of them. The Bucks will, you know, we'll see how they fare this weekend. You know, obviously the teams in the division. We'll see if the Packers emerge as a contender what you would think on paper with the quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I prefer this just – but I get it. I, I just – I wanted to make sure I knew that that team playing on Monday night was not playing on Saturday. So it sounds like that would be the late game on Sunday. And to me, it's fair. Spread it out. We know eventually it's going to go to an 18-game schedule. I don't know if they'll go to more playoff teams uh, and then reduce the preseason possibly to two games. Well, and then you get the – extra day, day and a half to prepare going into that game if you're playing on Monday night. And then, yeah, a little bit less time on the back end, but you're playing on Monday night football during the regular season, then you play on Sunday. Sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's in the afternoon. And when I say morning, I'm talking about a West Coast team. But So it's, it wouldn't be new, but you certainly want a level playing field when you hit the playoffs. Well, and, and if you're the traveling team, it's a little bit more difficult. But, hey, just that's all that's all teams want is to get in the playoffs and make a run. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. You, they'll tell you, if you play at Saturday at 10 a.m., you'll show up. They play at Sunday at 10 a.m., you're going to show up. So – uh, they know what they're doing, and based on the uh, the ratings last year, they were over the top. Because I, I know we got to get going. 
I always thought the divisional round was the you know when you get to the meat and potatoes, you get some wild card teams that are hot, you know, that make the playoffs, and maybe it's one and done. But I really enjoyed that. But now they're going to stretch it out three days. Sign me up. Absolutely. And again. Let's make sure the Cardinals are one of those teams, or as MJ pointed out, hey, just skip it all together because you're the number one seed. We can all hope that is the case. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Reminder, kickoff this Sunday, week three, Cardinals at Jaguars, 10 a.m. That means 5.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.